Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. I speak today to Nick Appleyard, CEO of TriStar Gold, TSXB listed gold explorer with assets in Brazil. We talked to him about his plans for the rest of this year and the strategy for delivering them. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that and the company itself, uh, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find company reports on there, commentary from market experts from around the world, training courses, summaries of other interviews that we have done, and there's a thriving community of like-minded individuals sharing their thoughts and ideas. Uh, and if you go now, there's a seven-day free trial. Nick, how are you doing, sir? Very good, thanks, very good. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a while. We, we spoke to you back in the beginning of August, um, and then you also did a kind of did a little session for the uh, Crux Investor Club members on AI, which went down an absolute storm. So thank you very much for that. Um, so where are you today? You still at home? Still at home in Arizona, yeah. Any any plans for traveling down to Brazil? Yeah, I'll get down to Brazil in, in late November, I think. You know, see the draw rigs in action and um, see the team there. But yeah, that'll, that'll be the, the time. Just make sure everything's calmed down as far as COVID goes. But right now there are no restrictions, so I could go now. But I'll, I'll leave it a few weeks more. Right. Well, you want to hang around for the, uh, the, the TV gold that is the year selections as well, I imagine, don't you? Do you want to miss that? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Get back. Yeah, yeah, the, the Olympic debating with gloves on, yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's terrifying. As an outsider, just seeing, seeing this go on. I, th I think we, actually, to be fair, we've had the same sort of thing around Brexit um, uh, as well. It was it was a joke. But anyway, for people new to the story, if you wouldn't mind, give us a one-minute overview of the business, and then we'll pick it up from there. Okay, yeah. TriStar Gold, we're a gold developer explorer. We have a single asset in Brazil called Castelo de Sonhos. Uh, current resources sit at uh, 1.3 million ounces inferred, um, 700,000 ounces indicated. Um, we have a very successful PEA and we are now in pre-feasibility study. We've got $11 million in the bank, so it's all well-funded. And then on top of that, which is the really exciting bit for us, we are currently doing some exploration to like add on and grow more. So. Yeah, it's an exciting phase. Brilliant. Okay. Um, just want to remind people of some of the other things, because th this is an update call, because I, I quite liked your story because of the AI component, and you sort of explained that in the last session, which people should go back to, and we'll put a link below for that. Um, but you just raised some money. You're making plans to do some drilling. So, you know, have you moved things forward? Are, are you drilling yet? Yes. Yeah, so we currently have two draw rigs on site, an RC rig and a core rig, and we have another RC rig arriving in about a week. So we'll have three rigs going, um, you know, and, and aiming at those targets generated by the AI in general. I mean, a few other targets as well that were too obvious for the AI. You know, I mean, what too obvious, we already knew about them. Um, but yeah, so that's all moving ahead right now. It's, it's getting pretty exciting. Okay, let's talk about, we're gonna talk about AI a bit, because I, I love it. So what has the AI yeah. told you you're gonna find? Okay, because I'm going to come back in a few months' time and ask you, did you find that thing? So what, what are you expecting to find at those targets? Well, the machine, what the machine learning component does is it looks at all of our data and then goes, look, you know, in this area here, you've got you know, the Esperanza South resource that was part of the PA, and, you know, you know you've drilled out a lot of gold there. Um, the AI, the machine learning component of it, which is a component of AI, looks at that and then goes, look, you know, we're looking at all your data across the whole project, all these different layers of geophysics, geochemistry, geology, I mean, every bit of data we can put in there. And he goes, we see very similar patterns 
you know, over here and over here and over here. And we can also see that you haven't got any samples there. You didn't do soil lines, lines there, you haven't done any drilling there. You'd better go and have a look. Um, so that's the sort of the most ob obvious thing to sort of show where they come up with something which the geologists hadn't. And, and that that's an interesting component we've been working on now because the geologists have gone back to the site and they've gone to those sites and gone, yeah, look, there's an um, informal mine working here as well. <laughs> so the Garimpo obviously found some gold here and we can see some conglomerates. So yeah, we better plant a few drill holes in these areas. Okay, I, I'm interested in, are, has the AI been able to say, this is not only the most prospective, but it's probably going to deliver the highest grades possible? Because again, if I look if I look to the market in a couple, in a couple of months time or a few weeks time, I'm not quite sure how quickly you're going to be turning the, the assay component around here. Um, is the market going to be excited or is it just part of a process you're going through with your three drill rigs for the next few months? The AI, I mean, it's, you know, I always, I always tell people it's not magic. It comes up with exploration targets and, and we're, we've sort of grouped them together into, you might say, sort of three different groups. You know, there's the stuff which is almost, when you see it, looks like obvious extension of the same as we have now. Um, so. You consider that low risk it's going to come here but when you look at it it's like it's obvious oh we would have we would have noticed that we would have found that then the other one other targets are sort of same grade same thickness as with the ai as i've said machine learning says look over here you'll, you you might find the same things the third bin so to speak is when the ai is working with us and saying have you thought about something completely different because there are some strange signs here there are some strange things happening and it could be you know that the conglomerate should have been here it's not here there was a lot of gold in the ground there it's not where it was where is it now and this meets out you know sort of feeds into our remobilizing the gold through an intrusion target that's the one obviously where it sort of lights up bright so to speak and goes if there's something here it's there's a massive amount of gold being remobilized um but it's a lot it's a higher risk target as well so so yeah we've we've sort of got you know from what you're suggesting high grade like signing targets right through to what you could almost call boring, but they're still really good, you know, right. add-on incremental targets, yeah. No, I know you could have kind of, you, you could have planned this and map it out. And so you, what, you, what I'm hearing though is you, you set different thresholds for the different types of uh, information that you're, you're trying to get back. But yeah. what I'm, I as an investor, I'm thinking, right, AI, that's going to make it, you're going to hit uh, targets more often. You're going to spend less money chasing it. Uh, you're going to get be able to understand what's under the ground better and make more informed decisions moving forward. So I, I, I get the planning component here, but you've, as a CEO, got a responsibility to your geology team to do things the right way. You've also got a responsibility to shareholders and kind of you know to get stories which the market will react to as well because you've got to drive that share price. So yeah. how do you get that balance when you're setting the goals for your AI? I think we're trying to get the balance in, in the way we're planning this drill program now. So we've got the three rigs on site and they're not going to go to one target and drill it out. They're over the next two, three months, basically before Christmas, we're going to try and drill 12,000 meters and we're going to try and hit as many different targets as we can. So we're going to get a few holes into lots of different targets. So when we go back after Christmas, we're following up. But that also means that, you know, the news flow coming out of this drilling before Christmas is going to have yeah, as a CEO, I can be fairly high, high confident. I have some good numbers because some of them are pretty obvious. Um, and then I'm going to have the high risk ones and yeah, they might come in, they might not, but I'm going to have good stuff mixed in with it. But then the high risk ones will be hitting that in four different areas as well. 
so you know we'll have um you know i think that's the way we're trying to do it we, we, we're going to get about 10 to 12 different expiration targets hit before christmas you know each of them with a few holes in them and then afterwards go back and follow up on the ones that come out with the most exciting results okay so and what's, what's happening in country you said you're, you're going to head down there in a few weeks um time um what's happening in country because we're hearing stories from other companies in South America, and um, they're having trouble accessing the site. They're having trouble if they are able to access the site, they can't get the uh, the assays quickly. There's a big long waiting list, etc. So, what are the kind of difficulties or otherwise in country that you're experiencing? Yeah, so currently there are no restrictions on travel between the US and Brazil, so I can travel down there. There's no quarantine. Um, you know, the virus, I was just looking at the BBC news before we came on the interview and, you know, they're talking about Brazil going through 5 million cases, but then they also had the graphs showing that the number of cases is reducing. Um, I thought the important part out of that part for us advancing CDS was that the president's popularity had been growing, increasing there because of the way he's handled it. You know, people are saying, yeah, there's cases, but we're back at work working. Um, for labs, we are... Um, you know, I think we're yeah you know, we're hearing globally that labs are slowing down a little bit and they're being backlogged and they're having restrictions on their shifts and the number of people because of COVID, which sort of amplifies that. Um, we haven't had a date set for how long it'll take our assays. Um, I know that the first batch and we can touch on this because it's AI generated. The first batch of about seven thousand samples we're submitting now um, because it's reanalyzing from the old program will go into the lab, you know, or is already at the lab now. So that should start coming back fairly soon. Um, but in general, we don't expect huge delays. You know, we're doing fairly standard sampling, standard assaying. Um, you know, it's only if something gets worse, say in Lima, where the ALS lab that does the, the wet part of the chemistry that, you know, is located happens. Well. Okay, okay. But right now, we don't see any, any issues. No issues. Okay. And what are you going into country for? What are you, what are you hoping to get out of it? Um, just, you know, really see the drill program firsthand myself, you know, interact with my team and we have teams meetings probably twice a week these days, but it's still not the same as being there in person. Also, we've, um, you know, as a development company developing this asset and moving it forward, there's a, a lot more happening than just the drilling. I mean, we're doing environmental baselines, social baselines, um, what else? You know, a lot of sort of community integration work, a little bit of political lobbying, just to, you know, get ready for when we start submitting permits. So there's a, a lot more happening than just the drilling. So um, I've got good people in country handling that. But sometimes it's nice to be there firsthand and it's also nice to go and meet the officials. I mean, they, they, they deal with our Brazilian staff, but you know, it's nice them to put a sort of a, a name to the, a face to the name occasionally of who's sort of pulling the strings from behind the scenes, so to speak. Yeah, all, all, all important stuff. So just back on the drilling now. So twelve thousand meters. That that's a good chunk of drilling, which is great. Mm -hmm. We've talked about a sort of my systematic approach here, but um, what's what's the low hanging fruit that you're going to be chasing after in terms of those three bins that you described? The low hanging fruit is probably um, some of the stuff that's come up close to Esperanza South, you know, and where that becomes interesting for us is, you know, our PEA had 130,000 ounces a year annual production. So if we can, and we've always figured if we can get that, you know, 150 to 200,000 ounces a year for 10 years is a, is a target for a bigger company. So if we can show some extensions right there adjacent to that mineralization, 
that's really interesting to me. That's the stuff that's come up as the most obvious, simplest targets for us, or I would consider the lowest risk targets. So I think that's the low hanging fruit, but it adds immediate value onto the, the PFS side. And um, you know, and someone looking to build their spread in the south, you know, you're going to be increased in the you know the resources and in the future the reserves there. So that's the low hanging fruit there. Okay, and and I mean, just talking about the PFS, um, in terms of the information that you're trying to trying to feed into that, I mean. Are you, I was still talking to someone about this kind of positive gold bull environment and people are talking about accelerated programs and some people are like skipping stages and processes, take advantage of what they see as an environment where it's frothy, people can do no wrong. Um, are you, yeah. you know, and when I talk to you, I, I, you know, we talked about the AI component and we talk about, you know, a process and it's very deliberate are you at all tempted to try and shortcut some of these processes? Get you know, get get this PFS really kind of ramped up and get the market excited. If we're using like sort of globally recognised engineering groups who sort of would resist to any any shortcuts, the conversations we have, which sort of almost fall in that camp, are with international travel restrictions and with COVID. You know, use there's traditional ways of doing things. Can we find a better way? You know, can we? Um, you know, the classic one we're talking about right now is geotechnical engineer. They like to watch the core coming out of the ground. They like we take measurements right there at the drill rig. That geotechnical engineer was coming out of Chile and he can't travel now. So, is there another way of doing that? Can they? Can we video it to you know with one of our staff members? Can we find a technician within Brazil who he can then sort of see and control? So things we're having conversations like that, which are more practical rather than accelerating it. Um, but apart from that, no, we're not. We're not looking at cutting any corners on that. Does that work, by the way? The, and the, the video thing, because again, you, we this industry needs to change. It's needed to change for a long time, and the practicalities of some of these things using technology, we, AI. I keep banging on about AI, but even just videoing something, yeah. is that going to be speed no, things we, up we, going we've forward? Got a, we found a, a local in the city of Cuiabá, which is about eight hour, ten hour drive away, um, who does you know, sort of small cottage industry but videos with a, a private drone um so he's actually on site today and had three or four days on site looking at like the uh, uh, sort of selected tailings dam area because the engineers from the um, can't get down there from canada you know we've got ideas from them where they want to see the guys are digging a few holes they're taking photos they're having a drone fly over the top of it um have to say whether it can work. This is obviously the first time we've tried it, but it seems logical. And you know, talking to the engineers involved in in, well, in Canada and Johannesburg, actually, they think they can do it this way. They say, yeah, because you know, um, yeah, it comes into the fact that we've got a very simple dam site and a very simple dam. It's not something which requires that the PhD sitting there with a you know a stack of computers. It's it you know, but he does want to see what's there, see what's in the ground, and. Um, and the advantage of this is the, the, what the idea is. I mean, this guy can come with a drone, take the footage, take the videos. The guys are taking samples, digging little holes, and he can see what's in the what the ground, what the profile is like. And then he can come back a week later and say, "Can we see this?" And we can get the guy back in because it costs us three hundred dollars a day, so it's not a big deal, and see a bit more if he if he missed something in the first one. So so we are doing things like that through, uh, you know, as a practical step around you know the issues of COVID. But it will be interesting how many of those can carry on and then be used in the future because it's a lot cheaper and more efficient than bringing the expert in. And what I like about this is if we'd have brought you know, the, a, a geotech in from another country, he would have probably been a, you know, a 
you know, keen young professional with, you know, good at his job. But, but this way, we get the video in front of the global expert who wouldn't travel to every site every, anyway. And you, you might be getting better eyes on it than you would have, you know, and the, the, the young guy's not going to be better of a job. He's still going to be writing up, doing the analysis and coming up with the exact parameters. But you do get the global expert who we want signing off on it to look at the data as well and the images. So, so there's, I think it's going to work. I, I'd be intrigued, you know, when we speak again to, you know, get some feedback on that because I would like to see the industry move that way. It'd be great. And if it's just a technology limitation, surely that can be fixed. But anyway, enough enough of that. More for another time. And back back on the um, drill drills which are working. When do we? When do you expect to be able to talk to the market about the first sets of results? We will submit the first set of samples next week. Um, and it generally takes about six weeks for, for results to come back around, um, assuming there's no, you know, no major delays. But I don't think there will be a first batch, won't be huge. So I think within six weeks, we'll have results and, next week, and so it, seven weeks from now. Okay. So in, in terms of the process, that just again, we understand it, again, a new way of working. Is, is it a case of get results out regularly or kind of batch them in, in, in groups as has gone, you know, has been the case in the past? In the past, we've done some batching and done it on a monthly basis. Um, I think having three rigs on site and having a lot more data, we may find a regular, like you know, twice a month way of getting them out. Um, and otherwise, you end up with just too much data coming out all the time. Um, so I, yeah, I'd say we'll be doing it, especially this year, because I think there's more focus on it. So we'll be trying to get it out more regularly. Okay. Every couple of weeks, probably once it starts. Okay, which which I think the market would appreciate. I, I think we're seeing a few companies move move in that in that general direction, especially in the kind of frothy gold market. Um, you raised about ten nearly well ten million bucks in 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 sort of July over the course of July in two different raises. Um, you've got about I'm guessing eleven million bucks or so in in the kitty, based on what we talked about last time. Um, it's a single asset. You've got a single asset. It's Brazil. Are you able to talk to us about um, maybe mitigating some of that single asset risk and looking at other assets? Have you been talking to anyone? Have you been looking at anything? Is it a consideration at all for you guys? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah, as the PFS advances, we have to work out what's going to happen with Costello. Are we, are we taking it right through to production or are we going to combine with someone, acquire someone to get a team who have, you know, have done that in Brazil? So right now, yeah, we're, we're looking at every possible option and, and, and analyzing that. We had the uh, Precious Metals virtual conference two weeks ago. I probably spoke to 10 companies at that conference. Uh, there is a lot of interest in, in projects like Costello where you've got, you know, a real component moving forward to, you know, production and, and a nice upsides, you know, component as well. Um, so yeah, so we are definitely looking. We are definitely talking to quite a few groups. Not nothing advanced. Nothing. We're not talking any deals or anything. But we're trying to analyze what the options are and how we want to take this forward. You know, I mean, obviously it goes from everywhere. From we could acquire a smaller target near us, you know, and integrate a bit of a team who had some more experience at permitting, and, and then we end up with you know a pipeline of projects and, and more stories moving forward. Yeah, the one that gets pushed on, not pushed on, that's the wrong word, uh, talked to us a lot about is, you know, merger of equals with a couple of other companies in Brazil. That's always interesting. There are some of the good companies that are really well run in Brazil who, you know, could be interesting components on that. And um, then obviously, you know, larger companies who, you know, and I, I think these are the ones who are the most 
active right now, the producers who, you know, even when we get a down day in gold, it you know, drops $20 and it goes, oh, it's down $20. Yeah, but it's still $1,900. Those producers are making a fortune. And um, so those guys are, are actively looking aggressively now. So um, we don't have a set plan on like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to analyze it and work at what's best for the shareholder. I think, as you said, we are a little bit more uh, methodical and, and, and risk averse than, than some management teams. So I do recognize the risk in taking a project from, you know, putting it into production. And if it's your only asset and, you know, you've got to raise twice your market cap to do it, it's a point of risk, you know, and I think we would be looking to alleviate that risk somehow from our shareholders, you know. Well, I think, I th- certainly think, in, in, you know, around this time when you've got stories like Sentiment, um, who obviously had their slight mishap with the with the, with, with their project. You know, it's a single asset, it's a significant asset, but you, they've lost you know hundreds of millions of value off the back of that. I think it's more in the in the minds of investors at the moment. And I just wondered again, is that a kind of a conversation which, at a board level, you're thinking, well, crikey, you know, do, do, will people recognise single asset even more than they have done in the past as a particular problem, is that affecting our ability? I mean, your share prices, you know, your market cap, what are you, 70, 77, 78 million bucks. I mean, it's a size that's been for a long, long time. It's, you know, it's all, all good. But to kind of move move to the next stage, to have conversations about maybe, do you raise, go and raise some more money? It seems it seems easy to raise money at the moment if you're a gold company, isn't it? There's a lot of it around. And, um, you know, there's all the saying, and, you know, you should raise it when you don't need it because it's the best time to get it. Um, but yeah, so we, we do talk about that single asset company and I, and I, you know, that single asset companies aren't sustainable long term. I believe that, you know, very strongly myself. On the other hand, if we are looking for, you know, if, if you know, we get this decision point, and I think that's the point, we either become a multiple asset company or we get acquired, you know, from this point forward. That That's really where we're at. I think this is what this conversation is going around is, you know, single asset, it's a lot easier for a producer to come in and buy you. They're like, they're not getting something they don't want. They're like, okay, we like that project. We'll just come in as one clean purchase and we're done. Um, if we don't find something, or if, if someone doesn't come and offer a price that's better than the alternative, um, yeah, I absolutely agree. We would have to become a multiple asset company. And that, you know, could be through an acquisition or it could be through a merger of equals as well. Okay, okay. It, it, you got exactly where I was going with this one, because the flip side is someone comes in and takes yeah. you guys out. It, that's more likely, it, it, in my humble opinion. You don't have to answer. Um, but if I look at your PEA numbers, and they're very, very strong, they're very, very attractive um, to anyone kind of looking in who's, you know, got got a, you know one or more assets in, in the region for sure. Um, are those conversations happening? Um Right now, we're making sure that all the sort of the, the, the obvious candidates are aware of us. Um, I don't want to get too close to them because I want to get this expiration done first. You know, I personally, I believe there's a lot of unlocked value there. So I want to see that they're, they're aware of us and they know what's there and they're starting to get excited. But we're not getting close to anyone doing it for, to have any conversations at this point. Okay. And we want to get that expiration to unlock the value. Great. So you've okay, you've answered the two questions I wanted answered, which was, you know, you know, how do you go about planning your drilling? The second one was, you know, what's the reality of a company like yours? You're attractive as a takeover, a target. So how has that informed your drilling? Um, you know, twelve your twelve thousand meters that you're going to be targeting? Because 
you can go for some quick, easy, low-hanging fruit, which you talked about, which will make you more attractive for, for a takeout. Or you can go through a slightly more methodical approach of, and do this the right way. Which of those works? One's obviously a bit more attractive to the market, um, and the other is maybe what well, geologists want to see. That, that low-hanging fruit I discussed, which is close to Esperanza South, you know, that I think makes us much more attractive for a takeover because it's stuff that just is going to roll into the same permits, the same process. You know, it's, so that that's really the angle on there. It's like, okay, they can see that, you know, it's not maybe 130,000 ounces for eight years. It's either longer or a bit bigger, um, you know, depending on what comes out of the results. So, so that makes us there. And, um, you know, so that's really the aim of doing it. And that's where we've started the rigs. It's, it's also the easiest access for us. Um, but then, you know, I think the expiration, the really exciting expiration is sort of more the, the investors these days who want to see that. So, you know, that's why we got you know, the one we're focusing on that as well. So, um, you know, so we're trying to hit both sides of the coin, but you know, we, we do want to make sure we're, we're ramping up that intrinsic value that a, um, a due diligence team is going to recognize. That's what yeah, I want. Because that will relate, you know, turn into something real at the end of the day. Well, that's what I wanted to hear. Nick, nice update. Let's get back uh, and talk in a, you know, a few weeks' time when, you, when the, those drill results do come out. Let's see what picture that paints for us and indeed you know, how that fits in with what we've just discussed about setting yourself up to be a takeout take target. Appreciate your time today. Let us know how you get on. Thank you. I'd be happy to, happy to give you an update sometime soon in the future. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.